All right, welcome to the Peyton Years, your home for Oregon State men's basketball, and what a home it is. I'm your host, Andy, and as always, I'm here with my friend. What's everybody? It's Sam here. How are you tonight, Andy? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. I'm just looking out my window, an incredibly dark, dark night, cold, brisk wind, and it reminds me of Oregon State basketball. It. I was about to say, you know, I've, I've been talking about on this podcast up top how it's been getting to be the time of year when, and it, it has officially gotten to be that time of year when the darkness that you're looking at outside is, as we record this represents my feelings on Oregon State men's basketball. It usually happens in early December, even in 2020. With all the uncertainty, one thing you can count on is that the first week of December for Oregon State men's basketball is going to sting, usually, and and that is exactly what has happened to us this week. It's nice to have that kind of stability in your life, though. Absolutely. I mean, again, like, especially in 2020, everything's been flipped on its head. It's nice to know not everything. The leaves still changed in the fall. It's getting chillier outside, and the beaver's really, really let us down with their first conference game and uh, and yesterday against Wyoming. It's a warm blanket of mediocrity. Streak of the season. We opened Pac-12 play on uh, Wednesday, losing to Washington State 59-55, to and then we followed that up with a non-conference loss to Wyoming 76-73 to on Sunday. We also have a transfer. Uh, Alfred Hollins uh, put his name, our senior, put his name in the transfer portal. We're going to get into all that on the Peyton years. But first, stop your car, pull over to the side of the road, get out, take your hat off, or if you prefer, get on your knees and put your hands in the hair, in the air, and look to heaven. It's the Oregon State fight song. Mean it this time. Mean it. We need it. <laughs> We're lucky it's such a terrific song for really any occasion to celebrate, to mourn, uh, but it does hit differently after a pair of losses like that. It almost feels better when you don't deserve it. Exactly. It's like a it's like having dessert for breakfast a little bit. And I'm and I've been prone to do that because and I'll stand by this. I think ice cream waffles. I think that is a breakfast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If there's a starch at the bottom of it, you can put whatever you want on top. It's like a hot dog. <laughs> write, that, write that down, everybody. All right. So uh, should we just start in order or do you want to work from the Wyoming game back? No, I, let, we'll do the Washington State game first. I, I, I've got some notes. I know you've got some notes. So we'll go and we'll go in order with it. OK, cool. So Oregon State opened up Pac-12 play with Washington State on Wednesday. I know a lot of you are thinking that hey, wait, we played Cal, but that is a non-conference game. It's not going to count uh, for now, I should say. I'm feeling like towards the end of the season, we'll be counting whatever games people can play. Yeah, we're, I mean, and especially after the way that Cougar game went, we I'm absolutely fine with that game somehow sneaking in to the conference schedule if Which by chance we lose a game. I mean, Washington State's game, uh, next conference game versus Colorado was postponed uh, due to COVID complications on Washington State's part. So you just don't really know what game, when we're going to get games in, if we're going to get games in. So we don't know. And you got to expect it's going to happen. I think it's pretty inevitable at that point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if 
if the virus is getting to Pullman, Washington, you know, there's not a lot of safe. Place right. There's there. who. Yeah. And, and apparently, uh, you know, it wasn't the Beavers travel party that brought it there. Who else would have been going to Pullman for any reason that didn't already have to be there? No, that's a that's probably just a wayward Gonzaga ball boy that Mark Few's sending out in the world trying to keep the Zags from playing. That's a really good point. Yeah. Jalen sucks is uh, injury free. Um, anyway, so Washington State uh, beat Oregon State 59 to 55. It was a ugly game on offense, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, and that's the top note I have is that the issue that that arose consistently in in each of the last two games is offense. Uh, the Beavers shot thirty five percent from the field against Washington State and twenty eight percent from three. You're not going to win a lot of games doing that against anybody. No, it's a power it's, five school. It's tough. You got to at least get to that forty percent mark. And well, and to, to make it even better, Andy, they they went a cool six of twelve from the free throw line, and I will okay. I will make the caveat that part of that is because Roman Silva shot a good deal of those, and he's but not going to make them. He played uh, a surprising amount in the Washington State game. He way was too many minutes. The end of the game, it was kind of. Uh, I'm used to seeing him get those spot minutes starter, but it was surprising. It did seem like Wayne had a little bit of trust in him, maybe just because he was a returner. I, 17 Roman Silva minutes is perhaps three times as many as it needs to be. <laughs> it's at least twice as many. And uh, most of those were in the second half. Um, I don't mind the way Wayne uses him three, four minutes to start the game, and then he doesn't play the rest of the half. If you want to give him that stretch to begin the game instead of more towards the middle of the half, I don't care but he doesn't need to play most of your second half. I think a little bit of it was Wayne kind of grasping at straws because it was such a weird second half. Like Washington State went on this really big run that was kind of spurred by uh, Dennis Rodman's kid, of all people. Yeah, only a marginally better looking jump shot than his father, but he was he canned him. He was three of four from three. He was five of seven for the game. And that uh, was... And- yeah, that was really throwing things into flux. And I think that's where we saw some of those uh, silver minutes coming in where Wayne's saying, okay, is this a, a crazy game where things don't make sense? Okay, I'll play into that. How about right. silver out there? And uh, he did have the comment after that that loss was on coaching and maybe indirectly he was implying that's way too many minutes for coaching. Roman Silva. Not that it comes down to just that. No, it definitely doesn't come down to just that. I think a lot of it comes down to, like you were saying, just offensive creation. We're lacking a person who can really attack off the dribble outside of Ethan Thompson and Zach Reichel. And even they aren't really breaking guys down kind of a no. face. It's more of like a post-up, overpower type game. I mean, literally, we had a chance to tie the game at the end, uh, but Kalu turned the ball over, making a dribble move. Terrible, and, terrible possession. Yeah, Washington State sealed it up. So, I mean, that's that's pretty tough. Should also point out that Ethan uh, got to the line with around a minute left, maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe even a little bit less than a minute to go, if I yeah, recall. A less uh, than a made the fir- down two, made the first free throw, missed the second, and uh, I think anybody that's watched him enough didn't really think he was going to make both of those. He's not the clutchest performer in the world, which is why you kind of want someone else to step up and alleviate some of the ball handling duties to make it a little bit easier on him. Cause right now it's kind of like a one man show of Ethan Thompson creating and dumping it off to one of our numerous bigs or shooters. He did manage a good, I think seven assists unless I am thinking of the Wyoming game. No, he had seven and he, uh, he's been passing the ball really well. I mean, he's been a good facilitator. He just needs a little more help out there. Um, just because we've been talking about him so much, Bonton, (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you have to admit, he, four of, was that what you going to say? He was four of 18? Four of 18 for 15 points, and somehow was the best player on the court. And, and still, it looked like a, one pastime I've gotten into uh, in quarantine, especially at the beginning when there was no live basketball, was finding old NBA games from like the late 90s and early 2000s on YouTube. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I compare Bonton, I'm not saying that he's going to be this kind of pro at all, but to like a college Allen Iverson in his like rookie year when he was still great, could score a ton, you know, very streaky, uh, got a lot of steals very quick, but also a ton of games where he was like five of 19 (laughs) and his three point shot just wasn't working for him at all. And it really, really kind of frustrates you to watch. And that was the kind of the game all three of his games this year have been like that. Yeah, they're all his that's and that's their offense. Their offense is watching Bonton do that and saying, Good, good. Thank God right. you can do that, or else we would be the Beavers. But he also, and to his credit, also did have seven assists the same way Ethan did. And yeah, he, had he just moved the ball two turnovers. He Bonton does a lot of for how much we joke about his like shooting, he doesn't he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's either getting a shot up or he's making a good pass. So there's not a lot of negative possessions from him it's not like he's creating turnovers or anything he's like you have a chance to score when he has the ball because you know he's going to shoot it but as long as you have a chance to score anybody that's that's turning the ball over twice in that many minutes when they dominate the ball that much is going to be pretty talented even if he's not shooting well and so we'll give Bonton some more credit I think than we have in the past few days you know digesting that loss for sure he's a shout out to him he's a Portland legend we'll stay we'll stand by it from Horizon Christian, or not? Was it Horizon Christian to uh, to Park Rose? He's been he's been through it all. The, I feel like there was a stop in between there as well. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, <laughs> as Portland basketball deep as you can get without being a member of the PIL, and we love Isaac <laughs> Bonton for that. We, shout out to him. So that was the first game. Moves uh, Oregon State to oh oh and one in conference. Oregon State followed it up with a non-conference game on Sunday versus Wyoming that they uh, also lost 76-73. to They led for most of the game until the very end. Um, Wyoming held OSU scoreless for the final five minutes and 45 seconds. <sighs> that is a long time. So if, if the Washington State game was kind of like a stomach, to make a boxing analogy, I was thinking about this, okay. it was like a shot to the gut you weren't ready for that, that knocked you down. If that was like a standing eight count, this was like a haymaker that knocked me out. I did not get up quickly after the Wyoming game. And like you said, I mean, it just shouldn't have happened. It didn't, and it didn't feel like when I, when I was watching it, it didn't feel like it was going to, like I kept saying, no. the Beavers are going to blow this, but I was joking when I said it because they just weren't putting them away, but they were holding a lead for literally almost the entire game until the very final, like two minutes. Yeah, I think Wyoming was ahead like six to four or something like that. Right. And then they led from that point on until less than two less than a minute left, right? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, they came up. So it was just it was one of those kind of uh slow motion car accidents that you can't take your eye away from. Everything that can go wrong is for the most part going wrong. So this one I have some more notes from and and uh we'll we'll give another look behind the curtain. We tried to record yesterday right after this game with uh, our friend Gabe Palmquist, who Beaver fans, obviously, everybody knows this, know him as the first junior college coach to offer Kyler Kelly a scholarship. That's right. He was and, in the uh, ground floor. 
I will admit, and, and Gabe said as much, that, that you and I were being a little bit reactionary in our frustration with it. Right. Uh, but so I, 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 I took some notes, and, and I know you did too. Uh, but, there were uh, some positive things that happened in the game. It wasn't as bad as we were talking about yesterday. And thank God for the technical issues that force us to re-record today with a more level head. <laughs> right. It, I, I'm still pretty concerned but here here's what i'll say here here's the first couple things i i had is that the 48 points shot over 50 percent from the field in the first half we're only up six so i'm i'm upset with the defense but also felt like wyoming was way better at least than we thought they would be we thought they were going to kind of suck that we thought they were going to kind of suck and on that note like it's a new program um they have a new coach uh what's his name jeff linder who is coming off uh, three consecutive 21 seasons at Northern Colorado. And he brought some of those kids, Colorado kids with him to Wyoming. Uh, right. He's a good coach. He was, he's kind of famous NBA world. He's the play- person who recruited Damian Lillard to Weber state. And you saw um, a kind of a Damian Lillard comparison to their freshman point guard that he brought to Wyoming. Marcus. Good Williams, player. He was, was, he was impressive. He was really good. He was. And, yeah, you're right. The defense was hard, but I think honestly what it comes down to is Wyoming had four good guards who could break anybody down off the dribble, face up and make a move and go. And that's that's hard for the Beavers to guard because we're more of a post-oriented team, kind of set for more bigger Pac-12 play, I think, which is a little bit more of a post-oriented league in some on some teams. At least. And Kalu got burned by the the kid with the, the blonde Maldonado or whatever in the post yeah, yeah. a few times, which probably shouldn't have happened, but I just feared that that's kind of – how it's going to be with Kalu. Yeah, there wasn't, there was definitely a couple of major Kalu, uh, no help side. How did this Wyoming player get right to the rim? Where are you moments? Right. Which it, it explains. I mean, it makes sense. I think this is kind of what we expected from him anyways. But yeah. That was a factor in their first half. Um, the Beavers shot 20 of 56 for the game. Um, <laughs> Now and that was after having a very successful first half. So I couldn't find what they shot in just the second half, but I do know this: that Lucas, who we need to be being harder on, mm-hmm. uh, Alatiche, Reichel, and Kalu when a combined five for twenty-six. Yeah, Alatiche had a tough game. He went one, had two points, one for eight, zero oh for th- uh, zero for three, but he had twelve rebounds, one block. He did have. The hardest play of the game, where at the very yeah. end of the game, uh, was it Ethan Thompson missed the free throw I on think. purpose because yeah, Ethan they Thompson got fouled down three. Yeah, fouled down three. He made his first, missed the second. Al Tiche gets the rebound, and it's an NBA style rebound. He snatches it out of the air with one hand above everybody else. He makes one move, goes up for a hook shot. You think it's going to go in. It rolls. It takes a beaver bounce, which, if you know a beaver bounce, they're hardly ever good for the beaver. No, and they end up yeah, very easy rebounds for the opponent. Typically, yeah, and it rolls off the rim. So he had a tough game on offense. He still. I was kind of thinking while I was watching the game, I was like, man, we need to run more stuff for him. But then I looked at the box scores, and he took the second most shots on the team. Like he took eight shots. Was it just behind Ethan Thompson? But still, it feels like we could maybe run some more sets for him or get him going downhill a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's got to make some of those putbacks in order to earn that. If you're going to get that many looks based off of your own work by getting offensive rebounds and not turn any of them into points, um, I'd rather look towards 
you know who though like Reichel I guess I, well, I don't have another I think one, person I think one person the person who was probably the Oregon State side player of the game and didn't we didn't really see coming we should probably mention him is De'Aaron Tucker the sophomore he was great yeah. from Dallas Texas he was really good he had 16 points on 100% shooting um including free throws he had six rebounds and then he also had three blocks and one steal which I didn't particularly stand out when I was watching the game but in the box score, at least, it's a presence on defense. He looked good on offense. He looks a lot better than he did last year, though, like we were talking about yesterday. It makes more sense because he's such a methodical kind of post player, but in a good way where he's really thinking about what he's doing. He's got really soft touch that I think now that the game's slowed down for him a little bit, he could be an effective center option for us. And I would be surprised if he didn't get more minutes. And honestly, I feel like he should probably start this next game versus University of Portland. I would be shocked if he uh, – if if anybody other than him starts at that five position, I, I would have said Andela and he's been okay too. But yeah, that's what surprised me is that Tucker, I haven't disliked Andela, but Tucker's been better than him. He's in the last two games. He was good against Washington state too. He's 11 for 12 on free throws, right? He's got really good touch. He's a gr- really good shooter. You can tell by the way he takes his free throws. He's got perfect form. It's fun to watch. Yeah, he rolls in when it hits the rim. He's got soft. So that that is the one surprise, yeah. Yeah, and then also I think uh, Gianni Hunt showed some. He was our other. We had three players in double digits, Thompson, uh, Tucker, and then also Hunt with 10 points. And I think Gianni showed that he could help Thompson take people off the dribble. He can be like probably one of the only players on our team who can square up and do like a little crossover in and out move and go off the dribble on somebody. Yeah, and so Ethan played 35 minutes in this game, and I, I wrote down that no one else played more than 25, but this was the first game that Hunt's played and looked good in. He hasn't been – he's had a concussion. It's not that right. he hasn't been – that he's played poorly, but he needs to to get time at point guard to let Ethan play off the ball a little bit and just give a second person because Definitely. it gets so stagnant when it's just Ethan. And and I was telling my friend this when we were watching it. Uh, Hunt has my favorite move um, where he does the Tinkle tummy touch where Wayne Tinkle will be yelling at him and then Gianni will run over and kind of pat him on the belly and say, it's good, coach. <laughs> we we, we got one from him, yeah, yesterday. He And I actually got upset with Wayne. I thought it showed that he was getting a little too nervous, in my opinion. But uh, mm-hmm. Hunt made a, uh, he made a steal. and he turned it over and threw it behind his head in front of Wyoming's basket blindly. And because of that, after turning it over, Wyoming gets it right back in an easy dunk. But after that, because the game plays on, he made an amazing pass to Tucker for a basket Yeah, that was followed by a timeout from, from Tinkle to, to yell at him about the previous play. And, and that was G- at a point in the game when they were ahead still. Right, and that was a pivotal timeout that we could have used because we ended up turning the ball over on an inbounds play that was pretty well uh, defended yeah. that led to a fast-break score that swung the game. And just, I want to say that a steal and a turnover, that's the Gianni Hunt special. Like, he probably leads the nation in steals followed by immediate turnovers, and I love that about Gianni. He's got too much energy to contain. We're right back where we started before all of it anyways. He's impactful. I, I just hope that he doesn't, get in in tinkle's doghouse and and not be allowed to play more yeah yeah we need we need as many guards as we can get we need as many guards as we can get um do you have anything else on the wyoming game or you want to move ahead um really really quick just because i want to mention it uh one more time we we i feel like we've let jared lucas off the hook a little bit because he wasn't any good against washington state either yeah and again we're talking about guards and we don't really 
expect him to be somebody that's going to bring it up, that's going to break guys down. He needs to make shots, though, and he yeah, isn't I, doing that. I would be fine with uh, more of uh, his minutes going towards Gianni and maybe a little bit towards Silver, depending on – I still feel like I don't know what Silver's capable of because he's only gotten such a short leash, I feel like, so far. I feel he's he just can't back be healthy. Yeah, he's also coming back from an ankle injury, so that could possibly play into it. So he against uh, Wyoming played four minutes and did not record a stat. Yeah, Which but he, he looks I, long. I, like he's tall and long. Like he looks like the type of guard we defender we could use against some of the, especially once we get in the Pac-12 play and have to play like Arizona State and Arizona and some of these schools that have really break you down guards. Like it's going to get tough if we don't and have. He can shoot threes back. too. Uh, apparently, I mean he, he shot them very well uh, in his junior college season last year. So yeah, hopefully he can get healthy and and I hate to to jump off the Jared Lucas train after yeah. all the 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 two huge games he had last year, but um. I'm I'm leaning that way. That was the other, yeah, and that hopefully silver might be an answer to that. We're checking our tickets. We're seeing what the next stop is. We're trying to decide if it's closer, easier to walk, or if we should stay on the train. And we'll keep people updated on it. Exactly, but it's 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 not as comfy of a stay as it was a few months ago. It's gotten into a weird neighborhood. You're starting to wonder if we're on the right train. Are we heading in the right direction? Is this train going to take us home? I thought it was at the start, but maybe it's, not anymore. It's getting cold out. Yeah, earlier we had the blinders on. We were cheersing small small glasses of champagne. And uh, yeah, now we've got those lifted up. I don't feel comfortable sleeping <laughs> on this train to, you know, to get exactly. a little too deep in the metaphor, but yes. No, you do, you're a very poetic soul, and I appreciate that about it. That's what you need when you come at Oregon State basketball. You need to take a little bit of artistic liberty. Correct. Um, just a note on the program. So uh, Alfred Hollins, our senior, is transferring. He put his name officially in the transfer portal. That's why you didn't see him play against Wyoming. Uh, we had kind of given him a shout-out earlier this year because he is a man who has started 53 games in his Oregon State career up until this year, his senior year. And then took a big backseat to a lot of the JUCO and transfer players. And had taken a lot of heat from us. I, I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he was overextended in his role as a sophomore and junior. As a freshman, I liked him a little bit more. He was um, asked to be he was the only athlete on our team for a while, it felt like, and they would throw him in a bunch yeah. of different situations. They'd be like, Alfred, guard this shooting guard. Alfred, guard this like power forward. Like Alfred, get every it was just like they asked him to do so many things when he's probably more of like a specialist in one area or other. One of the only Pac twelve bodies on last year's team, whereas Definitely. this year we have Definitely. a lot more of those. And he he played well against Cal. Everybody played well against Northwest, and that was part of the reason. We gave him that shout out, and then, uh, predictably enough, he was terrible against Washington State. And um, I, I see what he sees. That it, first of all, it'd be frustrating that Reichel plays so much more than him. Right. You can't see a kid from Wilsonville and be like, "What?" Yeah, who was in the same spot as you? Keep all his minutes. Right. No, exactly. That's got to be frustrating. And he went from averaging 18 minutes a game in his first three years with the Beavers to playing 30 minutes total in the first three games. So, like, that's a significant drop-off, you know, with, for your senior year. With all guests close to 20 of those coming against the NAIA team. Exactly. Care about. No, exactly. So, I understand. It's your senior year. This is a toss-up year anyway. It's not going to hurt his eligibility. So, he can play next year, you know, guaranteed wherever he goes. So, good luck to him. He's got a cool name. He tried hard. You know, nothing but nothing but good things to say about Alfred. Hopes he 
has one of those good uh, Beaver careers where they go to a slightly smaller school and look like they could play at a Pac-12 school. Yes. Do you want to make a prediction on where he ends up, just sight unseen? I'll say sight unseen. Uh, what was Emmanuel uh, Bone? Who's the guy who came? Or Kone? Who, Kone, I think. Who well, went there, there, there was Kendall. Right. Kendall Manuel went to one of the Montana schools after really not looking good for us and put up like Damian Lillard numbers in that league. That's yeah. That's guy. I think the Alfred Holland trajectory, I'm going to put him at like a Montana state level, uh, big sky type of, uh, all-star. Okay. So I just made this realization after I I said we should play this game, but I'm going to guess Montana because that's where Tinkle (laughs) used to coach. And we just, we, we, we funnel guys down there for sure. Yeah, it. Uh, I do think that's the case. That I don't know that he's leaving with a ton of bad blood, but the Beavers played twelve guys yesterday, not including him. There's just a logjam. Right. There's a ton of posts. There's a ton of posts on this team, and it doesn't seem like Wayne exactly knows ex- how he wants to use him yet. So might as well get some minutes your senior year. Shout out to Alfred. Good luck to you. Go um, Grizzlies. Go Grizzlies. Yeah. Coming up, uh, Oregon State has one game this week on Thursday, 12-10. They play University of Portland at 5, and then they have a big break until uh, next week on 12-16 where they'll be back at it versus University of Texas San Antonio. So, UP, that should be (laughs) – we said this again, but this this should be a bounce-back win for Oregon State, right? I still think it is. So I was excited. I kind of hinted on our last one that I was going to devote a few minutes to just really give it to U of P because their basketball team is not, or their program as a whole is not in good shape right now. Right. But after the week the Beavers have had, and after they beat who are Portland we to say? State, who are I'm we not to in say the anything. No, exactly. I, I also think I want to go the other way. I looked up one of their players. I'm kind of excited to watch them play now because i've got i've got a key player to watch on their team is it the point guard their transfer it's the point guard their transfer yeah they've got this guy kind of run off a little some stats about him because he sounds Please, cool. absolutely yeah I, have, I haven't seen him play yet but i'm excited too so ahmad ali he's 5 170 pounds he's a senior transfer point guard he's played at three colleges he was at hawaii where he sat out he was at eastern florida state college which is like a juco powerhouse yeah he was at washington state where he started some games um, so we had 28 points against Portland State in their win, and then in their other two wins, he's had 22 and 18. And then this is the stat that hooks me. That I was like, okay, this is for the people who are casual fans who maybe don't have a reason to watch Oregon State University of Portland basketball. I'll give you a little hook. So Ahmad Ali, he's from Canada. He played his prep basketball in Toronto, where he became the second player to ever score a hundred points or more in a prep basketball game. And he scored 103 points with 23, three pointers. Portland has had a knack for finding super interesting players, Like that right. are pretty good. Not, not great. Probably. No. Although I'm sure he, this, he sounds like a very good player, obviously. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the type of dude that would make me watch you at P games as often as I could, even in recent years, when it truly has become a chore. They were winless in, in the West Coast Conference last year. And if anyone wants to watch UP games, you can do it for free. Apparently, the West Coast Conference has just like a website that you can just watch every single game on a live stream, which is pretty well, cool. Well, it's, it's only the ones that aren't being televised by oh, people gotcha. outlets. So it's going to be ones like most UP games, but UP versus, um, you know, Pepperdine or someone else that doesn't quite excite you. Yeah. So U of P, they got 
watch it for Ahmad Ali. He should be a little baller. But I think this should be a win for Oregon State. What I'm curious to see is what the lineup changes are and who we go with as our starting five. I would really personally love to see uh, like Gianni Hunt and De'Aaron Tucker get in there and maybe go Hunt, Thompson, Reichel, uh, Alatiche, and then Tucker, and then make Kalu kind of your six-man, six-starter type who plays a lot, and you can kind of swing in there and sub the three through the five and just kind of be like a super sub. I would like if Wayne did that. I am – we are – can agree kind of low on him at the moment following his, the Wyoming game especially. He's not in the hot seat, but it's definitely getting a little warm around here. And I'll say that with respect to Wayne being the fifth all-time most successful coach in our school's history. Yes, it's it. All all things considered, uh, a game like that, he can't be feeling as comfortable as he has right. in the past for sure. Right, it's got to be awfully lonely in the that Reeser or in Gill next to all the cutouts of his kids. God, <laughs> so <laughs> brutal. We may have to get a Peyton years cutout inside of Gill. I saw they were taking them. Oh, uh, we'll definitely do that. We that's a hundred percent something we're gonna do. Um, all right, so check out that. Uh, University of Portland game, Thursday, 5 o'clock. I believe it's on the Pac-12 network, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Beavers, I'm a little more worried that it'll be close. I still think UAP is really, really bad. I attribute, uh, we were talking to Gabe Palmquist about this yesterday in our Lost episode. That, mm-hmm. And uh, one explanation for Portland beating Portland State after looking so bad is that Portland State was apparently the uh, the final team division one team in the nation to submit their roster. Well, yeah, one of the one of the last people to get together, and then also they uh, they had all their games canceled before that because they were supposed to yeah. play in the University of Washington tournament, so they had three games canceled. So they were coming in very fresh, and they still it University of Portland beat them by thirteen, but it was a closer game than that, and it was one of those things where UP pulled away in the last like four minutes, five minutes from what and I. They- they so they were replacing some guys. They ha- they were coming off a, a reasonably successful season last year, but with a lot of guys they don't have now. I'm pretty it's, sure it's hard when you lose Boo Boo. He was the best, and he was fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see him shove the ball down the Beavers' throats or splashing a couple of thirty footers for sure. Yeah, that's going to be brutal. So, um, and and my point though is that I still do think that UP is not a very good opponent. That the the Beavers will wear them out on the glass. They're not going to have an answer for Alatisha, Alatisha yeah. or Kalu or even Silva. Honestly, no. This is a game where Wayne's. I have six centers on my team. Uh, where that approach is really going to come into handy. And Della will be close to a double double. Ideally, at least he'll at least get double figure rebounds. Absolutely, yeah. All right, perfect. Um, okay, so moving on. I don't have a bygone Beaver this week, but what I do have is some Ken Palm ponderings. So we've been kind of keeping an eye on Ken Palm at the start of the year. For those of you who don't know, Ken Palm is a website that does a ranking of college basketball. It's a little different than like the AP or the coaches poll because it's based on statistics and takes in like offense efficiency, defense efficiency, a bunch of different things, puts out a ranking. Um, and they do it for every single Division One team in college basketball and adjust it throughout the season. So at the start of the year, they had Oregon State at 110 <laughs> in the country. Which, um, so for a little more context, there is how many Division One basketball teams that qualify on the Ken Palm rankings? It's over 300. It's 300 it's and what? 357. Okay, so. The worst, the worst team in the country, according to Ken Palm, is Mississippi Valley State. Interesting. I wonder how many times they found themselves in that spot before. 
They're right below Chicago State. <laughs> Chicago State has had some brutal scores. They've had a tough schedule. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Ken Bomb rankings. We start off the season. We said, okay, well, good goal for the Beavers. We originally started off was to get into the top 105 teams in the country. We thought that was a good goal. Then they won their first two games, and we said, screw it. We are a top 100 team. I think I may have even said 99, like made that <laughs> qualifier. We might have even tried to get it into the two digits. Uh, so currently, Oregon State is ranked 122nd in the Ooh. country to Ken Palm. So we've fallen, we've fallen quite a bit. 12 God. spots. Yeah, I mean, I think when – well, definitely when we made that proclamation, I, we, we could have envisioned a loss – in one of the, the the coming two games, but I really didn't see both, and that kills me because they're right on the cusp there at one twenty two. Yeah, and they were close to beating both the teams, and they were both upsets because Wyoming is ranked one hundred and seventy ninth in the country, and Washington State is one hundred and thirty seventh. Which kills me. I would have hoped that Washington State's two and zero start would have had them <laughs> in the top one twenty five, one twenty range, maybe. No, no, not even close. All right, so I've got a little game where I want to – I'm just going to read off a name of a team, and you tell me if you think they're ranked higher or lower than Oregon State. And by higher or lower, we're mean the opposite. So if you're ranked – I guess Better or worse. Better or worse. Better or worse. Yeah. Thank you. You're much more succinct than I am. <laughs> okay, All right. this will be fun. This is a good idea. Okay. All right. Yale. Yale, I'm going to say, is hot or better. Yale is better than Oregon State basketball right now. They are ranked 99th in the country. They are the 99th team. That's where Oregon State is trying to get to. Well, that's yeah, that's our goal. That that's our measuring stick. Is Yale who hold is, is Yale playing basketball? I don't know. I don't the la, I don't know if it's changed. But the last I read, the Ivy League was not playing basketball, but I think they are now because they. I don't know how they would be ranked if they weren't. Right. It, it uh, we'll have to check in on that one, but okay. That do, regardless, I don't know because they're ranked. They have zero and zero on their win losses on the Ken Palm. Okay, so that's they're just arbitrarily saying that Yale is roughly twenty three spots higher than the. It's a, it's a real slap in the face because what they're saying is, if the Yale basketball team were to play we think they would be better than Oregon State. right all things being relatively equal with practice time and such they should beat the beavers by seven eight points all right so that might be our new beaver markers are we better than yale i'll keep tabs on that for the season see if we can ever eclipse yale in athletics yeah we'll have to start uh if we can get close to double digits in rankings we'll have to start see it if there's a yale basketball podcast out there oh definitely definitely all right, I'm sure there's a really well-done one, perhaps. Yeah, right. Um, okay, South Dakota State. Ooh, um, my temptation is to say that. I'm going to say that South Dakota State this year is worse. No, they are better than Oregon State. Okay. They're, they're actually pretty good. They're 79th in the country, which they're, um, better than, they're better than Yale. So that, like, I'm mad at myself for that one because they've had, they had Mike Dome in recent years. Right. They've they're, been... they're coming around. It's just a name. It's just a name thing that people have to get over. Exactly. But even then, I mean, lately their name has carried a lot more weight on <laughs> national basketball conversations than the Beavers have. So I'm, 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 I'm upset with myself on that one. Okay. All right. What about this? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. See, I feel like that might be the trick question one. Do the Beavers have a better Ken Palm ranking than Wake Forest? 
They do. We are 122nd wow. in the country. Wake Forest is 123rd. <laughs> We're holding Interesting. Up one spot. Well, shout out to whoever blew them out, or maybe just they <laughs> lost a close game to a Wyoming-type school. But uh, I yeah. don't recall who their head coach is. I know it was a former NBA guy for a while, but they're really still – they're about they're to cool. have a Duncan Years podcast there. Yeah they're, yeah, they're on their way. All right, so what do you think? Boise State. Boise State's got to be better. Yeah, they're better. They're 95. They're they're not as good as South Dakota State, but they're a little better than Yale. Another uh, non-Pac-12 team that just kind of sets up as a really good and accurate like measuring stick for the Beavers, which always just kills me. Like, that's a <laughs> that's a team that we lose out on recruits to constantly. It's and it's pretty. It's a pretty campus. You can't hate. Oh, it's beautiful. I went out there in 2010 to watch the Beavers lose a football game on the, <laughs> on, on the Smurf turf. It's tough. Uh, all right, UNLV. UNLV again. I uh, feel like that might be a misdirection one, but I'll still say they've got a better Ken. Ball. No, they're also worse than Oregon State. They're one thirty-five. Really? I put these on there to sh- to give Beaver fans some love. We're still better than a couple of name brand schools. No matter these how are. I don't know that you could call UNLV or um, Wake Forest blue bloods, but uh, you definitely really, cannot. No, but uh, really good programs. We we talked to to Coach Gabe yesterday about the tier terminology or uh-huh. odds if you want to be really cutting edge. Right, they're in that second tier. They're in that, and yeah, they're in the the shrinking middle class. Yes, they really are the 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 constant bubble watch teams <laughs> all right and then last one or our second to last one harvard oh, harvard um so again i'm are they better that's gonna really upset me if harvard has cracked the top 115 or so i'm gonna say better no harvard is worse they're okay. also they're 155 despite also not playing any games just <laughs> i don't know how ken Palm measures that but i love those stats well, and I would be pretty insulted as a Mississippi Valley State or a Chicago State fan to be that far behind teams that aren't participating. Yeah, that's yes, frustrating. They probably would be better, but, you know, they didn't have to go to Illinois and lose 97-38. <laughs> All right, and the final one coming up that we play on Thursday, the University of Portland's better the University of Portland has a worse Ken Palm ranking. They do. They are the 281st team in the country. Wow. So that it's, is it's more really than 100 bad. spot difference. So we've got to win on Thursday. And again, it like depending on the conference you're in, where you're ranked in that kind of differs. If you're in the one like an HBCU conference or or the Southland to be near the bottom is probably to be expected. But uh, for Portland to be that low in the wet, the WCC is pretty much just as bad as the Beavers being 122nd in the Pac-12. It's too much. It's too much. All right. Um, do you have any sh- – that's all I had looking for. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get to shout-outs? Um, no, just a shout-out uh, to Seth who had you on his substack, and and I enjoyed your guys' conversation and – I thought you guys did the Peyton years uh, a lot of justice in, in your explanation uh, for its its uh, genesis and all that. So shout outs to Seth. Thank you for helping bring exposure. 
We'll have to have Seth on this sometime. We'll definitely get him on. That's uh, the Seth Allen podcast. Go ahead and look it up. Yeah, Seth check that. Job. He does kind of long form uh, basketball, weird oddity journalism pieces that are really good. Um, it's funny. Seth's a good guy. Let's check it out. I also want to shout out, just since we're talking about podcasts, we'll shout out the About Damn Time, another Oregon State fan-created uh, podcast. You love to see the community yes. grow out there. Well, they got on, I think they got theirs going a couple weeks before ours, but they're covering the football team. Uh, Ashton, Alex, and Howard Kroom, who I, I do remember from his playing days. Uh, yeah, you, we're all doing the Lord's work here. We're, I mean, we're the, doing the football the team. They love Poncho's. <laughs> yeah, they lo- we all love Sancho. We've all sat at Sancho's with our head down alone at least once in our life. I watched their preview little uh, commercial thing where they gave a, sh- a shout out to Sancho's. And I was like, I forgot that they used to do uh, vodka flavored shots or tequila flavored vodka shots. Yeah, they, well, like they would just proudly call it that. Yeah. And then I also remember it reminded me of when I saw a guy throw up throw up off the balcony of Sansos onto somebody waiting in line for Pita Pit. <laughs> below oh, that. fantastic! Yes, uh, that whole shout out to that whole Monroe Street. If you never threw up on that, you uh, didn't go to Oregon State the right way, and I didn't either because I didn't graduate <laughs> there. It doesn't mean you did if you threw up on Monroe <laughs> Street. But, it means uh, it gave you your best. Right? It means I tried. <laughs> All right, and then my final shout-out is we got a new review. I just wanted to read it out here. It's from Rome Reef. I thought this really encapsulated what the Peyton Years is about. I read it. I liked it so much I read it on Seth's podcast, but I want to read yes. it out here too. Um, the title is Go Beeves, and again, it's from Rome Reef. It says, love the show. Thank you for being the only show in existence slash history to truly cover beef basketball. I've been lucky enough to be a season ticket holder since I was born and honestly believe we will make the NCAA tourney before I die without a Peyton Thompson or Tinkle on the roster. Go be uh, Jesse. It's it's that type of I mean, between Coach Tinkle saying, setting in stone for all to hear, we will not finish last, and uh Jesse claiming that we will get back to the NCAA tournament without even a Thompson on the roster before yeah. Before he dies. Before, they he, die. before they die. Uh, it's like, maybe we are getting a little over our skis here <laughs> a bit, Beaver Nation. But uh, no, I mean, before any of that, uh, yeah, shout outs to Jesse. I am right there with you. I hope that we can all experience that soon. But let's go get Portland. I, I hope the next time that you and I talk, Andy, uh, probably with Gabe, we'll be celebrating a victory at least. Definitely. That's what I hope too. So shout out to you, Jesse, again. I want to echo that from Sam. Uh, Thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to the person out there in Costa Rica popping in. Thank you to our friend out in Germany popping in. Keep it up. We're going to keep putting the podcast out. We appreciate all the listens. Go ahead. Give us a review if you want to tell us something. We love them. Yeah. And throw a, if we, you, there's a bygone beef you want us to do or something like that. Yeah. Let us know. Keep it interesting. We don't care. All we know is that we love the beefs and we hate the ducks. Correct. All right. See you guys next week. Fuck the ducks. Fuck the ducks. <laughs>